Welcome to the ProCom Podcast, hosted by Paul Vogels, with expert guest interviews, case study reviews, and insightful discussion topics. The ProCom Podcast leads the Project Controls conversation. Welcome back, everybody. ProCom Podcast uh, with a live use case today. So I'm very excited uh, to have you both uh, as a guest on the uh, on the use case uh, podcast. Uh, ProCom Podcast, leading the project controls conversation. And we got into contact uh, with a mutual relationship. Uh, one of my colleagues is, uh, was on the team and is now in the supervisory board. Uh, and we're having Forza Delft as a, uh, as a guest. Uh, very honored to have you here. Uh, we're going to talk about what is Forza Delft, but first let me introduce you guys. Uh, Rom Horstenbach, cum laude Bachelor of Econometrics and Bachelor of Philosophy, and now doing a double degree as Master's in Econometrics and, uh, and Philosophy. Uh, Ron, you have to explain that. Econometrics and Philosophy. How about that? Yeah, so I started out uh, with a main focus on Econometrics in my first year, just regular uh, one Bachelor. And uh, yeah, I'm very mathematically inclined uh, and minded, uh, like the challenge it faces. But in my second year, like at the end of my first year, I... Uh, yeah, I felt like something was missing, sort of. I had a lot of, with my friends, a lot of conversations about society and politics and stuff like that. And then uh, I got word, I heard word of a, uh, like, that you could add a second degree of philosophy to your studies, and it seemed like a thing for me. Yeah. And it uh, didn't turn out as I, I, as I expected. I thought it was more politics, but uh, it yeah. was even better than I thought. It was actually a very abstract way of thinking about the world, which I really liked. And actually... Well, it resembles uh, mathematics and econometrics quite well, actually, the abstract way of thinking. So, okay. uh, and really and econometrics wasn't hard enough as a, as a single degree. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I like challenges. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I can see that uh, from your uh, uh, resume. But, and cum laude econometrics tells me something about your intelligence. Uh, your neighbor, uh, I'm going to pronounce it hopefully very well, Gabriel Garcia. Uh, welcome well. on the show. Cum laude aerospace engineering bachelor and now uh, going for... Uh, I assume cum laude Master of Science, of course. Um, uh, aerospace, hey, you are both studying at the, at the University of Delft, which is actually very known about uh, aerospace, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, can you tell me about your motivation to go uh, into aerospace uh, engineering? Yeah, so I actually moved to the Netherlands for it. From? Uh, from Spain. Spain, yeah. Okay. Uh, I was doing there my whole high school. Uh, and uh, I moved for uh, for the aerospace engineering bachelor in particular. Yeah. And uh, as Ron said as well, it was it was mainly the challenge. So it sounded like something cool, but uh, more than that, it's not that I had a specific affinity to to airplanes or to rockets, etc. It was it was more just I wanted to do something very different for me, and that was challenging. And I wanted to move to a different country and experience that. So I ended up in Delft and uh, I really loved it. Yeah. And what's more challenging, moving to the Netherlands or, or going into aerospace engineering? I would say definitely aerospace engineering. Moving okay. to the Netherlands was, was great. Yeah. Uh, well, the sun is shining now. So, uh, so yeah, that uh, helps. Yeah, that, help, that helps a lot. That helps a lot. Okay. <clears throat> well, welcome uh, guys on this uh, on this show. We're going to talk about the uh, Forza Delft. Um, you are the project manager in the uh, in the Forza Delft. You are the business and finance manager in the Forza Delft uh, uh, project. And actually, um, uh, let us start with uh, with a very short movie, eighteen seconds. Uh, you have seen it uh, a thousand of times, but for me, it resembles very much uh, this conversation uh, in a very clear way. One goal, win a GT. And in the in the introduction, you said, well, it's a very simple goal. We just want to win a GT against petrol-powered racing cars. Um, maybe, maybe to you, uh, Gabriel, can you tell me something about what makes a hydrogen electric racing car so much different than a petrol-powered car? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, the whole... Uh powertrain is completely different from what uh, you're used to and I think really uh, the main difference is of course that we do it with in a sustainable way uh, in a green way um, but more going to the technical part of it uh, we use uh, an electric drivetrain so you get all the benefits of 
what you have heard in the news of all the Porsche Taycans and Teslas being extremely fast off the line, very high torques. Uh, but at the same time, you also get the benefits of hydrogen and the long range that comes with it. So this is really the, the perfect combination for us uh, to go more towards endurance racing and towards longer races that we can uh, quickly refuel in thanks to our hydrogen. Yep. But we can also be really quick thanks to our electric motors. Yeah, because hydrogen is is a liquid uh, to put it in or, or how, how is we, it? Is we it, use it in gaseous form. Yeah, okay. And, uh, we use uh, the standards that the industry, uh, the uh, automotive industry uses. Yeah. So we use 700 bar tanks of uh, hydrogen and we have... In the latest car, we have four of these tanks. Four of these tanks. Okay, sorry. So you can do a, like a, a Le Mans, I think is one of the most f uh, famous uh, endurance races. Um, but because it's electrical uh, a powertrain like a Tesla, you also have the, the, the acceleration part, which, which you don't get by, uh, uh, by gasoline, for example. Yeah, so, so that's something uh, for sure to look into for, for the future. We're now looking at a little bit uh, less ambitious than Le Mans. Yeah. But... Uh, Yeah, it's uh, probably where the industry will go. So we're really excited to see where, where we can take it. Yeah, okay. And you told me something about, hey, it's it's environmental friendly. Yeah. Uh, I, I looked at your website. There are a couple of ways. And I think one of the um, uh, resemblance or, or hesitations with hydrogen, how do you make hydrogen? Because that can be done in a in a blue or a green or a gray way. Yeah. Uh, if I look at your website, uh, you... Uh, what's your philosophy on that as a team? Yeah, we are definitely uh, pushing for, for uh, making this a sustainable technology. So uh, going towards uh, the, the green hydrogen uh, side of it. Uh, uh, for us, it's mostly about showing what, what the technology can do so that the bigger players can come in and really make a, a big change in terms of the production of the hydrogen itself. Yeah. And then... Is it achievable? So one goal to win a GT. And I think also from a business point of view or a financial point of view, uh, yeah, everybody says, well, if you, if you push uh, as much money in it as you can, that everything, yeah, I, I see people, even Dutch people fly to the space nowadays, uh, uh, thanks to uh, Mr. Bezos. Um, but he has probably a little bit bigger budget than, uh, than, than you guys. Um, is it also a valid business case? To do this, uh, are you the right team to be the pilots for um, enabling hydrogen in normal cars? Because that's what you hear. Eh? Formula One is is inventing things which you now see in your standard car. Does that apply a bit also to the Forza Delft team? Yeah, I think actually it does. Like we as students, we are we are the future. Everyone always tells. Uh, so we as students now try to show the world what the future is. So hydrogen right now isn't that big yet, nope. especially not in automotive. Like electric cars are uh, on the rise very fast, but yep. hydrogen cars uh, not yet. And we want to show that it is feasible. So yeah, we want to reach a broad audience and also companies and like. People have a lot of questions like, is it reliable? Is it feasible? Is it dangerous? And what we do, we build a car that can run uh, on a circuit at 300 kilometers an hour. Yeah. And if we can do that, you can drive to your work with it. That's what we try yeah. to uh, show. I think we also have the, the possibility to, to take more chances than, than bigger companies uh, do. So make yeah, try things that are maybe more innovative and that for, for someone in a conventional company would be yeah more adverse to taking that risk. But we can because we are students and uh, yeah, learning is your passion at at, uh, at the university, of course. Um, but it's uh, I'll I'll come to the to the to the real scheduling and project management uh, challenges later. But I want to go into the student part. Uh, so yes, it's it's linked to the university. But uh, we were telling, or you were telling, um, the students are doing this for. Well, for a learning experience, for fun, etc. Um, what's the role of the university in this? Uh, so we're not actually uh, officially affiliated with the TU Delft anymore. No. Uh, so the role of the TU Delft is that they educate our team, actually. So, yep. uh, yeah, we're all TU Delft students, uh, like uh, about 27 full-time and like 35 part-time now. And all of them, uh, except me, have studied at TU Delft. Uh, yep. So they educate us and uh, they've helped us grow the past uh, 14 years. They still help us in some ways. Yep. Uh, Did they start this initiative? Or facilitate this uh, initiative? Uh, facilitate, yes. Yeah. So there's a couple of projects like ours at the TU Delft, actually. A lot of yeah. people have heard of the Fall Solar team. There's a Hyperloop yeah. team, Formula Student teams. 
A uh, couple of hydrogen teams coming up now as well, EcoRunner and uh, yeah. Hydromotion. Competitors? Well, n- not in the same way. Like EcoRunner shows uh, more the, the, the city applications of a hydrogen okay. cars. So they, they run at efficiency. That's yeah. their, uh, their aim. And Hydromotion builds a boat. Okay. So uh, that's something that we are quite excited for as well because we, uh, yeah, we've d- we are doing this for 14 years already. But now seeing that people are building boats, it's actually a project data also building a hydrogen plane. Yep. Uh, yeah, that that shows that we're on the right track. I think. Yes, and and do you do you peer up with those teams because hey, your goal is to to drive as fast as possible in in this uh, track. Uh, the the eco runner wants to drive as efficient efficiently as possible. Uh, but I think they will use same techniques in some way. Do you team up with those peers uh, or just in the bar? <laughs> Now uh, a little bit in between. So okay. uh, we're uh, with, for example, Hydromotion, we're in the same hall. Uh, there's uh, meetings between our team managers. So yep. we, we help each other wherever we can. Uh, yeah, like we're all students in, in the same way uh, after our bachelor's uh, building cool tech project. In, the, in that way, we're related and help each other. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's how we cooperate, basically. Yeah, and from a technical part, do you borrow uh, innovation from each other or talk about uh, what's your what would be your angle on this? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think it's uh, mostly because we we were in the same hall, so that was actually quite easy. Um, our project was a bit more complex. We have a, a longer history working with hydrogen. Yeah. So something that we've also helped quite a bit is with our lessons learned and. Uh, in topics like, for example, safety with uh, helping other teams yep. get their first uh, uh, yeah, uh, vehicles going. So, uh, yeah, definitely something uh, for us great to have uh, more people working with hydrogen as well. Yeah, okay. So, <clears throat> really cool project. Eh? Yeah. I think you're on the right way. Eh? If you look at the, at the business environment, eh? all kind of companies are looking into hydrogen. Eh? Our, eh? our earth gas uh, eh? um, uh, companies, uh, um, eh? the, the pipelines, etc., are making a preparation to put hydrogen into the same loops as, as where the gas was. And we are going away from, from uh, oil-based gases and, and maybe into uh, uh, hydrogen gases. So I think, I think we are on the right track and people are investigating it. I think you make a correct assumption. Your goal is to learn. Yeah, the, the goal of the company is to well, also earn money uh, at the end end so they can't afford real big, uh, big risks. Um, if you look into the project, yeah, so there's a real real strong goal we want to win a gt race eh, which is not easy i think uh, uh, it's not a not a very uh, short term goal um how do you how do you come from this goal huh? i want to win the gt race into a project management plan or a schedule or uh, what are we going to do because there's a lot of uh, i always call it there's a lot of eureka moments you have to break into uh, because you need to invent a lot of things and invention is not always about making new things, but also making new applications for existing um, uh, existing applications uh, in a new way, uh, finding that uh, one. How do you come from that goal to a lap time or a car or a, or a wheel? Yeah, so uh, this started already uh, <coughs> last year. So uh, yep. Ron and I are part of Team 14, but Team 13 actually already started this project, the yep. Forza 9 project. Yep. And uh, the way they started this, they set themselves this ambitious goal. Uh, and uh, we already had a car that was running at the lower classes. So really the starting point was to understand what's, uh, what in this car is going to still be able to just carry it over. Yep. And where do we need to really reinvent the wheel, uh, as yep. you said. Uh, and once we knew that, we started looking at which uh, big partners and industry-leading technology can we use towards that goal. And I think these were really the the yeah the first um, moments where you started to see what the car was going to to, to shape like. Yep. Uh, and once we managed to secure this uh, this big components, and I'm talking about the, the fuel cell itself, and and I'm talking about some of the when we decided what type of battery we would use and how yep. many tanks we would use. And from there, things get uh, quite a bit more detailed uh, because, yeah, the, all the big uncertainties uh, start clearing up. Mm-hmm. And I think we went into a more conventional uh, project management from there on, where we uh, looked a lot at previous teams and uh, what experience they had 
assembling components together. Yep. And then we uh, basically start looking at, okay, uh, what is different in our current system. And uh, an example of this would be uh, our uh, balance of plants. So that's that's how we bring the hydrogen from the tanks to actually electricity that we can use. Yep. And in our newest car, we decided to go for two balance of plants instead of one. So we actually have two fuel cells instead of one in yes. the previous car. And the reason was uh, that we can bring, of course, much more power, but also that we reduce engineering risk. So we, we went into uh, the, the plan now is to, we are going to build a car with one balance of plant first, test that, and then uh, build the second one. And that's completely, uh, that's a new approach in, uh, in how Forza projects were run in the past. Yep. And uh, yeah, as you said, with new challenges that come with it. Yep. I don't know from a finance side if this was... Uh, yeah, it also helps you that, that you can build the car iteratively. So you... Uh, so you also have to, your liquidity is uh, more manageable, so you don't yeah. have to, yeah, assuming that uh, b- twice the power of fuel cell will be twice as uh, expensive. No. Uh, now we build uh, or buy with quite some time in between, we buy two separate fuel cells. So liquidity-wise, it's also uh, more manageable. Yeah, because you are a, well, you are own project or own project team, eh? you need to, and it's a Dutch Verb. I'm going to use. Uh, uh, hold up your own pants mm-hmm. on a on a financial. Hey, you are you are PNL responsible for uh, for yes. this. Um, hey, if you look at the website, you have a lot of big players in the market who are helping you. Mm-hmm. I think, and and I know for sure, not just financially, but also from a value or an engineering point of view. Um, you're making it very easy. You know, we, we run some lower classes, uh, some, some, some easier classes, and we're just going to change some small things. And now we can drive fast around the track. I think it's more difficult than that. Yeah, but absolutely. with, with GT <laughs> classes, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a, 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 a car freak myself as well. Uh, I know the bigger the class, the bigger the risk, the bigger financial uh, input you have. So yeah. you're asking something from your students from an engineering point of view, from an innovative point of view. But also from a business and a financial and a risk point of view to say, well, hey, you have this nice shirt with, with some real big names in aerospace, in oil, in, in whatever. Um, yeah, we're now going to play with the big boys. So can you, can you make your, your uh, bag of money a little bit bigger, please? I think it's more uh, than that. So how can you convince and think as a project manager and a finance manager, you need to be confident to say, okay, now we are ready for the big challenges. We, we engineered it in our minds, in our, in our, uh, in our uh, calculations. Now we need X, Y, and Z from you guys. And one of them is financial commitment, but also I think some parts and some, some knowledge maybe even. Um, how's that from a business and a financial point of view? Yeah, actually, some of it pretty well. We get either like uh, financial support, but also uh, expertise support and in parts. Yeah. Uh, so, for example, as Gabriel already mentioned, the fuel cell we we get supplied by Elginklinger, which is one of the biggest uh, fuel cell, uh, fuel cell companies yeah. in uh, in Europe, uh, and they supply us really with their with their top notch prototype. Uh, uh, components. Yeah. Um, but do they think along or, or do you call them and say, well, uh, Mr. Partner, um, we need two bigger cells, more optimal cells. And they just look in the catalog and say, oh, you need prototype number A. It's not in the price of the shed, but here you have it. Or it, I think it's more than that. It's definitely more than that, yeah. So, uh, yeah, also they are quite interested in us as well because yep. they haven't seen their fuel cell being driven around at 300 kilometers an hour. Uh, so the use cases are very different. Like uh, you get vibrations and you get like uh, all kind of forces acting on the fuel cell. They don't really know about that yet. Yep. So they are very eager to hear from, hear from us as well. Yep. Uh, like why, uh, like how we experience using their project and uh, their their product. Yeah, are there mechanics in your in your building environment looking with you, looking at at? Are they on the track in this? Uh, if I if you look for Formula One, there's mm-hmm. also a, a, a whole computer screen with with twelve hundred people. I always think, mm-hmm. are they involved? Are they looking at you? Are they helping? Knowledge yeah. on that? Um, Gabriel knows a bit more about this yeah. uh, than I do, but uh, usually dur- during the actual. <laughs> track test or during the actual race day, that would be our team fully uh, in control of what's yep. happening. But we definitely uh, go back to uh, headquarters the, the day after. Yep. And what we found out at those tests or, or those races, yep. we definitely discuss with them. 
Uh, and I think that's part of why our collaboration uh, is successful is because we managed to have these feedback loops with them and uh, give them the information they want uh, in exchange for the products that we that we can use. Yeah. Okay. So you al- already had this running car performing. Did it? Did it? Was it competitive in the lower classes? Did yeah, it win? Absolutely. It, they finished second. Uh, second in the supercar yeah. challenge. Who, who finished first? A Porsche. It was uh, it was lower class. I think. Yeah, it was, it was a sports a, class. Sports yeah. class. Okay. But another petrol powered car. A so petrol powered car. So you, car. So you were the best hydrogen car yeah. in that uh, in that uh, round. And second is well is very very good. Um, so you have this running. You're optimizing, innovating, etc. Was it that you said, well, it's like a standard project management plan or a project management cycle. Um, was it from a project management point of view that um, that easy or that logical to do it this way? Definitely not, uh, not easy um, because you mentioned that we optimize it, but actually we, we don't really, uh, we don't have that much to optimize because almost everything we have to, Yeah, rethink. Yep. Okay. Um, it's more that we we because we're students and every year there's a new team. You definitely want to use the lessons learned before. Yep. But then you actually use those lessons to make your own solution. Yep. Uh, so from a project management perspective, I think the, the one of the big challenges was definitely uh, putting the time in to actually learn from uh, the previous teams. Yep. Uh, which I think is quite unique to our to our project. And uh, another one is to, uh, yeah, because you are trying something new almost every week, uh, sometimes things work out great and yep. and uh, the team uh, has a big high, but sometimes uh, testing just doesn't go as you plan. No. Uh, and you still need to yeah, manage to uh, lead the team in, in those situations. And I think for us, those iterations are faster than... Uh, Normal project. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, in in our introduction, we discussed this. Um, your team, twenty seven full time, forty five part time. Eh? Also, seventy people, uh, more or less, running this show. Get changed every single year. Eh? So this team will sign off in a couple of weeks. The next team will start in probably after holiday. So from a resource point of view, eh, if you if you talk to a project manager in in, nor- in normal projects, so not student projects, innovative projects, say, well, you are going to build this machine who can beat the top notch in GT class. But every single year, your complete crew gets changed. Yeah. Nobody's going to say, well, I want to be the project manager of that. So, <laughs> that that's a heck of a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. It's uh, it's something you as a project manager are are also new. Yeah, that's also you you so also need to uh, learn how to deal with that. Uh, and I think that from the experiences we've had, we've seen that the the at the beginning uh, getting up to speed does take uh, longer. Yep, uh, and the progress goes slower in the first weeks, etc. But once you get up to speed, I think that's that's the great thing about having people that are really motivated and uh, basically doing this on a voluntary basis. Once you get up to speed, you're really constant at that really high productivity. Yep. Uh, is it is it that hockey stick effect where you see well if we if we uh, if we survive the first couple of weeks, get into traction, yep. then the motivation, the drive, the people. Uh, we yep. always talk in, in the ProCon podcast about people, processes, and tools. Yeah. Is it the people who make this show running for that year? Absolutely. It's, okay. it's uh, 100% the people. That's why onboarding is so important, why recruitment for us is so important. Uh, you get the right people, and once they get running, that's when they, you do the, the, the incredible things that, that yeah. you can do. Well, you, you mentioned that it's on a voluntary basis. Huh? We, we discussed this. Um, you need to be a student. Uh, you don't get money for it. You don't get points for it. You are not getting hours compensated for it. It's a learning experience. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Learning experiences, but it also takes some ta- some some sort of commitment. Uh, it's 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 the it's the paradigm between being involved or being committed. 
but it's not something where uh, you shouldn't take it easy. If I, uh, if I, uh, I think that's an understatement, but how do you get the right people with the right drive? Uh, because I think from a business point of view, yeah, your crew can resign with, well, not even a pen, a stroke of a pen because they didn't sign anything. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a real high risk, but, uh, as you mentioned, nobody quitted the last 14 years, uh, uh, uh significantly. So, from a business point of view, well, there is no, so we have a voluntary team of 70 people playing with hydrogen. And on the other hand, like no one quit it, but this year we had two free part-timers who uh, halfway through the year said, well, can I be full-time? Yeah. So, uh, like so you need to scare them off in plan, in, instead of no, we, recruit we, them. We, we welcome them. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we can always use more hands. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, it shows that everyone energizes each other as well. Because we're all, we all committed to like, an insane and insanely ambitious goal yep. uh, as a bunch of students build a car that can run at these speeds from scratch. Yep. And then, yeah, everyone, we see that. We see everyone's work. And if uh, one person uh, is very hyped about something they achieved, a uh, part they made or the, uh, they share the hype and everyone's like, wow, that's really great. And it yep. motivates you to do uh, to do the same. Yeah. So, for example, literally today, uh, the, the bodywork molds are coming in and yep. uh, not a second thought like on Saturday I'm there sending them yeah. uh, to get them ready yeah. so uh, and is it because of this energetic team or is everybody also a car fanatic or or, or mm. is it also about the team team uh, 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 experience you get yeah I would say it's more about team experience <coughs> than uh, being a car fanatic um, but I, I also think it's something that uh, as Ron said, this this team experience you really need to build from a management perspective as well, yeah. and it's something that uh, along this year we've also struggled with from a management perspective. So uh, yeah, I remember, for example, uh, when we were um, d- during a certain phase where we were really focused on, on the design part, yeah. and uh, we weren't getting that much physical, let's say reward in terms yep. of uh, working hands-on on something or actually receiving parts that was quite a, a difficult uh, few weeks for the team yeah because they were working so hard and putting the hours but at the end of the day they didn't see the the reward immediately there was something always to look for in the future yeah so you always uh, for example from a project management perspective uh, those few weeks i started prioritizing tasks that Maybe we're not on the critical path, mm-hmm. but that I knew could uh, provide some type of shorter term reward just to keep the motivation high. Yep. Uh, and I think that's something that yeah uh, has helped us. Uh, so you plan your celebration moments. Exactly. Exactly. And, and really try to, those celebration moments, try to make them something the team is proud of. Yep. Uh, when, when we bought uh, some champagne bottles to yep. celebrate some components coming in. Yep. Uh, yeah, just try to, to make it something that people actually enjoy yep. as well. To, to get the motivation, to get the momentum running and to uh, to celebrate with your peers to say, well, uh, it's not on the critical path right now, but we need to celebrate it because we want to keep this momentum running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's, that's very interesting. Um, uh did you said well in a certain phase of the project did corona have an impact on that as well because well i don't think you were with 70 people sending six months ago when everybody was in lockdown was that an impact on this energy as well or or how did you cope with with all these because you need to learn digitally yeah you can send digitally but how was that uh, we were a bit lucky that the timing was was uh, in where we were doing the more design part part of, yep. the, of the work. So, uh, but but yeah, in terms of the personal relationships within the team, we had to basically try different things. Uh, we started working online a lot on servers that we could be together. Yep. Uh, but we also tried to get some more socialization going, uh, even though it was within Corona uh, measures. Yep. Whether it helped, uh, like whether at the end it affected or not our final uh, year progress, I, I would say it probably did. Uh, but yeah, I don't know how yeah, you see it. Where we were, yeah, we are where we are right now. So it is, uh, it worked out sort of. 
Yeah. Uh, but it was still good to see. Like, luckily, we started out the first couple of months last summer working together. Otherwise, it would have been really difficult yeah. to get a team hype going. Yeah. But as Gabriel mentioned, like for me personally, for example, you have the, we had these servers and like you're sitting in your own room all day and during the day you have meetings, you talk to each other. But in the evening, that's when, for example, I, I do bookkeeping yeah. in the evening. Because then I don't get disturbed. But what I really like is to go hobble to the server, and we had two Simcon guys yeah. uh, that were chatting to each other. And there was this—I had this whole theme of like a couple of weeks after each other. Every evening, I went to Discord. The two guys were talking about their models, and yeah. uh, I, I looked at their screen and I saw like Wikipedia pages full of formulas, and they were chatting about that. And I had some music on. I listened to them. Yeah. Didn't talk to them. I just listened to them. Knew they were there. And it motivated me to do my bookkeeping well. Yeah. And uh, we have a lot of experiences like that. You can listen to music together and you don't need to be a direct colleague. I could sit in with the Simcon guys or with the Arrow guys or just listening in to each other chatting and on the same time doing your work. So, um, yeah, but, but it helped. I think, I, I think for sure what I hear you say, it helped. We could start physically with each other we've seen each other uh, we celebrated that uh, we started the first couple of uh, the the, ho the hockey stick yeah. dip we faced together no. and then you could go into the digital uh, uh learning curve more uh, more easy uh, easy yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, i know you uh, you went remotely on our Premonet academy and and your previous teams were trained uh, uh, here in the academy as well um What was the hardest part for the students to learn on building a, a project? Because uh, if you if you go to the University of, of Delft or, or another university and uh, study aerospace engineering or econometrics, I think you're analytically very strong. Uh, uh, you like to engineer, so that's maybe it's hard to think about, but you like it very much. What was the hardest part on, on uh, this project to learn? Yeah. I think uh, in terms of setting the project up, the hardest part was that uh, you are forced to do it at the same time as you are just getting onboarded on the actual project and mm -hmm. what it is and how uh, yeah, the different shareholders of the project work. So you, as you go, you are basically learning more and more information and constantly updating your project structure and your project plan. Yep. So I think that was probably the, the hardest part. Uh, and something also uh, different is that from a management perspective, we also don't have management experience before. I, I did aerospace engineering and run the econometrics. Um, so you, I think you have to be quite flexible with the methods, the management methods that you use. So uh, I think if I look at how I work with the engineers now and how I uh, make them responsible for their yep. tasks and how I make them uh, plan the short term of their own projects themselves, uh, that's something that eight months ago was completely different. And just through being flexible with your own structure, uh, we got to something that now actually works. Yep. And, uh, and, and how was the handover from the previous team? Are you... Are you continuing what they finished and then turning it to your hand? Or is there an actual handover from the last team? Or is it a couple of days? Or how does that no, work? No, it, it's an actual handover. So it, you do it a bit part-time from the month of, I think, April until the yep. summer. Yep. And in August, you actually spend two weeks, both teams in the same uh, place or so in our offices <coughs> yep. uh, working together. And that's where the real handover happens. So I, I think we, we put a lot of emphasis on, on this onboarding. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't be there, but Ron, you were there the first couple of weeks. Yeah, so uh, yeah, it's, yeah, like Gabriel said already, uh, we, we, we uh, recruit as early as possible so yeah. uh, we can start <coughs> teaching people like from April onwards already. And then as they finish their bachelors, like they start being taken into like and the business in the business team, for example, yep. it's like you don't teach actually how to build a part or something. It's it's sort of it's a different type of skill. But what mm -hmm. we do is we, as early as possible, try to take our successors to meetings that we have. Yeah. Uh, so when I'm talking to a sponsor or to insurers or to the bank, for example, to our yep. accountants, I say as early as possible to my successor like jump along yeah. and I take 30 minutes to explain, okay, this next meeting is with this person. We're going to talk about this and this. Yeah. And that's, that's how we teach. And then like, yeah, it's coming up like uh, not next week, but the week after, then we're going to sit in parallel for two weeks. Yeah. And uh, we first start off with a bunch of trainings, like teamwork training, 
time management training, also mental health training, stuff like that. Yes. Uh, we do so. Yeah, they're really ready to to start. Well, are you ever ready? Uh, and then uh, then they start working the second week. Hopefully, they do their work while we sit next to them. Yeah. Like first week. Very, very broadly said, like we do our work while they watch us. And then yeah. second week, hopefully they do their work while we watch them. You are the backup. Yeah. yeah. And then in the weeks after, it's not like we are going to go to uh, say like, okay, guys, uh, good luck. And I'll uh, see you maybe in five years at a reunion. It's yeah. uh, like, especially first couple of weeks, a uh, couple of months, we're going to come back very often saying like, well, I would do it this way. Or have you looked at this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 quite a smooth and long transition period. Yeah. Uh, Is it hard to to part because you worked for a year on something? You're not gonna see the f- yeah yeah. Of course you're gonna see the finish line, but you don't see the last mile probably or uh, the last year. Uh, you said the race is next year uh, summer, mm-hmm. so you miss all the fun for one year. Mm-hmm. Is it hard to to let go? Uh, well, I think first uh, one or two weeks of well-deserved holiday, yeah. and then uh, and then it's going to be uh, yeah. hard indeed. Yeah, and then a couple of days crying, and then <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's of, of course it's always well difficult. No, I don't I don't really think it's hard. It's more of a pride, I'd say, to see what they're working on because we started it, of course. Yeah, and like the team before us as well, like they saw even less of their design, but we yeah. are building it right now, and the next team is going to race it. Yeah. Uh, but they're also like uh, not a day goes by without a couple of our predecessors coming by to the office, being very proud of what we do. Yeah, still see, uh, seeing stuff. So uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's hard a bit, but uh, yeah. we're still part of the team also next year. Yes, is it from a project management? Uh, you you make me think about something. Do you plan these years? Huh? Are they affecting your project management plan because you have to? It's like a a hockey curve going down, a new hockey curve going down. It's like a, a yearly cycle eh, from, yeah. well, let's say August to August. Does that affect your project rhythm or your project uh, phases or stage gauge or, or in that way? Eh? Is yeah, it, for is sure. That's actually something we learned when we did the academy here. Yeah. Uh, to really look at the project as, as one project and not really as a year. Yeah. Uh, and then how the year affects us is, uh, as I said, b- because of the hockey stick, we need to account for for a slower progress the first months of the new team. Yep. Uh, and another way it affects in is that uh, when you're making your management plan for the whole project, you don't know um, what type of people or how many people the next team uh, will have. You, mm-hmm. can, you can put some requirements for it and say, yep. I see a lot of work in the electronics department, so I will try to recruit a lot of electronics people. Mm-hmm. You can put requirements, but you never know exactly how much you're going to get out of it. Yeah. So I think that's one of the challenges of when you actually have your team secured, you need to revise your planning uh, and see which maybe sub-projects you need to drop because you didn't get enough people or yep. the other way around, what improvements could you make because you did get some people. Uh, and one other interesting thing about this changing of the team, these two weeks that uh, Ron was talking about, uh, I'm already struggling to uh, prioritize uh, a team that is uh, basically in its groove, let's say. It's, yeah. it's really at, at its max performance right now. Uh, so how am I going to spend their uh, yeah, their time in these two weeks when they also need to put as much effort as possible into onboarding the new team, yeah. which is something that, of course, you only get results in the long term. So uh, that's going to be a fun challenge, uh, I already imagine. Yeah, yeah so you can actually, if you look at your progress charts, you can see uh, without the months, you could see, okay, now I'm in my hockey stick period, uh, probably September, Yeah. Yeah. all these new guys, and, and uh, probably June, July, August, everybody is, is uh, peaking in its performance, yeah. and you have to well, probably uh, pull away all the work because they need to onboard the new talents I, I think you can balance it but yeah. definitely definitely you need to spend some time on that for sure yeah so we talked eh, if we're going back to project management we talked about finance eh, which is which is which is also a challenge i think eh, because the if i'm correctly tell you delft uh, it doesn't facilitate anymore uh, uh financially or facilitating wise so you, you you have to get the money out of the sponsors um are they open or can you use sponsors uh, anytime 
Uh, Are all people happy to contribute to this? Uh, definitely. We, we see a lot of uh, people being very excited about our project, both personally and from a business perspective. Yep. So it's, it was a bit different for our year because normally where we get our most sponsors in is when we go to a lot of events. Yep. Uh, like a normal under normal operations, we have like one or two events or fairs or whatever where we are per week. And there we speak to a lot of people, tell them about our project. They get yep. hyped and we set up meetings and we see where we can cooperate. Yep. This year was a bit differently. We had to actively look uh, for sponsors. Yep. Uh, but yeah, in general, people are, when they hear about us, they are very hyped about us as people, but also us as project. And there's always some kind of match to be found uh, in what we do because we're like, yeah, we build a hydrogen race car, but we do, we have a very broad array of activities that we do. And there's always a match to be found with almost any company. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So financially, you're you're a healthy organization. Yeah? You're your healthy healthy project. Time wise, well, we talked about it. Eh? It's it's uh, it's achievable. Eh? It's not easy, but it's achievable. Eh? That's a clear end goal. Now, engineering, we uh, we talked about resources. Uh, uh, thank God, everybody is very enthusiastic. But a new team every year is uh, is quite of a challenge. Any other? Um, uh, risks or influences that you that you see into your playing field are there any environmental uh, influences or legal or, or jurisdiction because yeah some students playing with hydrogen well not everybody is is maybe happy about that um what are there any other influences on this project yeah for sure like uh, of course uh we we um Work with hydrogen in a very uh, cautious way. Of, of course. course. Uh, so, so for example, something uh, as you mentioned, we use a lot of components that, whenever they are safety critical, uh, we use components that uh, either are used in the automotive industry or it's a partner that has uh, years and years of experience and certificates yep. to to work with hydrogen, etc. So uh, that's that's one of them. Uh, working with uh, the, our partners that that do all this safety critical stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think. Also important that the racing aspect of it. Um, our car is completely different from what a normal race uh, race organizer is used to to uh, to have. So we also, I think that's that's also something we need to take into account. In what way is that? Because I saw the 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 the, the pink racing car from last year. It looks yeah. different because it has really strong uh curves on the side very high curves on the side that that makes me that's different than uh well you you mentioned the post icon in that yeah. uh, uh, movie yeah. as well that's that's very slick and it's very aerodynamic what makes it different besides the fuel powering it but what makes it very different because at the end it's a car for wheels steering and yeah and a roof uh for for the newest car uh what makes it different is we're going to use four wheel four wheel drive yes uh, not only rear wheel drive uh, which is usually the norm in most uh, race cars. Yep. Uh, it also makes it different, of course, our uh, safety structures are, uh, you need to take into account that you have tanks with you and they need to be properly protected. Yep. Uh, but different than a petrol yes. tank? Uh, because uh, it's it's so much... Uh, well, the certification is, is different. Yep. Uh, both, of course, need to be protected. So uh, the structure around that probably similar, I, mm -hmm. I wouldn't know. But uh, definitely, the where you get the tanks is is different. Yeah. Um, and but I would say something that's uh, quite different is something that we're working on now and also for future years is the refueling part of it. Yeah. Uh, so for now, we we refuel uh, wherever any other uh, car, hydrogen car, uh, road car mm -hmm. refuels. Uh, but uh, there's no such infrastructure at racetracks yet. Yeah. So that's something that in the future could be very interesting for us. To uh, yeah, if we can actually refuel uh, at a track or, or even during the actual race, yep. So something to look forward to. But that's also you need to invent your infrastructure, your maybe even your yep. tooling. Uh, you need to you not you don't need to invent the car alone. Mm -hmm. You need to invent the whole yeah well, everything. And if you don't invent it, you need to make sure to uh, yeah basically talk to the right people and. Yep. and uh, make the right business case for, for mm. other partners to, yep. to do that. Work. Will there at the end, so you're racing against petrol powered cars eh, at, at the same circuits as, as a, yeah. well, as a normal uh, circuit. Um, will there be a new class? Eh? Is there a hydrogen class and a petrol class or is it just a racing class? 
that's the fun that's the fun part of it that we it was so innovative our car that it actually we were building it before there were even concrete regulations on uh, hydrogen powered vehicles so we followed all the road uh, regulations in yep. terms of safety but when it came in terms of uh, just racing aspects there was no such thing as regulations for us yep. so uh, i think we are in this moment where we're building the new car and at the same time the regulations are coming up yep. uh, so may also challenge uh, challenge in terms of uh, project management because it could be that in the future the FIA after months of study decides to change something in the regulations for hydrogen cars yep uh, because they're so new and then we need to implement it in our car mm-hmm. i think that's uh, very unlikely for our current goals but mm-hmm. uh, so so i'm uh, quite confident that our current car yep. will have no no issues like this mm-hmm. but for future projects definitely something yep. to keep in mind it- Are the petrol powered car are they a match for your new Forte uh, car or is because of the hydrogen or because of you guys inventing it you will be first and then all nothing <laughs> and then the rest are I think we'll I think we'll have to see it's an it's an ambitious goal yeah um, <clears throat> so I wouldn't say uh, it's a e- easy at, at all uh, but yeah that's what we designed for to to compete yep. against them to get the same amount of performance and if we uh, can manage to really get our uh, advantages make the most out of them like this high acceleration out of the corners etc yep. that's where where the yeah, yeah because in the it had the, i i was watching the movie <clears throat> where you compare against this Porsche Taycan eh? you are 800 kilos less on weight but 100 kilo what performance more so it, with my and i'm not a cum laude uh, uh, matrix, <laughs> but in my calculation this is going to be easy peasy no, <laughs> no that's that's not really how it works we, we have there's a lot more factors playing in uh, as well with uh, how we control the use yep. of our hydrogen and how much we're actually using yep. um, also very dependent on uh, the circuit we uh, go in and one disadvantage of our car is that we require much more cooling than a normal car. That's also why you said that there was uh, this big side pod okay, in yeah. car. Yeah. Uh, uh, because we get less aero uh, because we need more cooling. Mm-hmm. So that's, I actually think it's going to be really fun because yeah. these things make it. An, a, you you a, win on a performance yeah. side, but it, it, it has a downside. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah. that's what it makes it a level playing field. Um, yeah. So, so I think it's going to be, uh, yeah, we'll have to see. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Processes we talked about that eh? crazy process every year new team we talked about tools how eh? you're making the best tool there is to raise a, a, a car um, one question nothing to do with your project nothing to do who's going to drive that car is it the student because <laughs> then right or was I uh, <laughs> are we going to decide it here because then I I need to get a coin but um, will it be will it be somebody from the team or is there going to be a a professional race driver. Well, we are lucky to have a couple of uh, old-timers, we call them, alumni, uh, yeah. that are uh, quite professional yeah. racing drivers. 32, 33 years old, Yeah, probably. so I think there were <laughs> team members like 10 years ago or something, and uh, like we have three of them, Leo van der Eyck, Jan Bolt, and Kevin Schreiber, and yeah. they were team members before, and uh, like they're very, very good drivers. Uh, one of them works for Amersfoort Racing, uh, Leo okay. does. And uh, Jan and Kevin started a hydrogen uh, startup, actually, out yeah. of Forza. Uh, okay. So they're very much involved in racing, in uh, in, uh, in hydrogen, and excellent drivers, I think. Yeah. Uh, they also know a lot about the project, which is really yeah. useful uh, when when you need to yeah, make the more yeah. nitty-gritty decisions uh, about the car and about the logistics, etc. They, they really have some inside yeah. view. And they still are... Uh, looking side by side with you at the moment yeah. because they are going to drive it. They want to know something about it. They sit yes. in the simulator, they get yeah. feedback. And uh, yeah, like Gabriel mentioned, it's quite nice. If we had an external driver that we call a couple of times a year, can you drive the car? Yeah. And doesn't know how we work, uh, it's going to be very difficult. But they know, because they've been part of the team, they yeah. know that if I give, we have a test tomorrow and I give feedback now that the suspension is too stiff or something, yeah. they know how we work. They know, call in five people, arrange some pizza yeah. and fix it. Yeah. Uh, they know how we do it. Yeah. So that's very nice. Does it drive differently? Eh? Could uh, Max Verstappen drive this car? I haven't driven it, so uh, I wouldn't know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it drives differently. Uh, the, I'm guessing that also the weight balance is quite yeah. different because of our uh, tanks. Mm. But 
uh, yeah, I, I, I yeah, know. I've heard uh, Leo say that it's very weird to not have like uh, audio feedback because yeah. normally in a, in a petrol powered car, you of course you hear yeah. uh, when you hit the gas, you hear the engine revving and uh, yeah. get a lot of audio feedback. He says it's very weird to not hear that. Yeah. But that's the uh, same what you get from it, the first Tesla drivers. Yeah, it dri they say it drives almost the same as an electric uh, yeah. electric car. Yeah. Good. Okay. Um, you mentioned a spin-off. Is is it a goal or a side goal, etc.? You know, Lightyear got started yeah. uh, and is is very. I've been to Lightyear because it's actually around my corner of my house in uh, in Helmond. Um, uh, so I've been there a couple of times. Is a spin-off of the Solar Challenge at the yeah. end from the TU Eindhoven. Um, Are there spin-offs from, from Forte or will there be spin-offs from Forte or from the Eco Runners, etc.? Is that one of the uh, benefits or, or side goals? Well, not really a stated goal, but we our main goal is to inspire people to use hydrogen. Yeah. So yeah, any spin-offs are welcome. So as I mentioned, like Jan and Kevin are yeah. part of SEP Solutions yeah. and they uh, consult and build uh, hydrogen power trains for, uh, for other companies. So yeah. uh, For cars or for different... All different types of applications. I heard them okay. talking about uh, water, ta water taxis in Rotterdam. Yeah. In Rotterdam. Right. Uh, some uh, uh, terminal vehicles in the harbor of Rotterdam. Yeah. Um, so that's what they do. And yeah, that, that's also one of the, like, we promote hydrogen not only by uh, reaching the news or inspiring our partners, mm -hmm. but like every year we have a, like a group of 70 people that because they work at Forza and like, yeah, we are some of the brightest people of the TU Delft, like, Every year we have a batch of 70 students who are fully convinced that hydrogen is the future. Yep. And they spread out all over the world, actually, yep. uh, in their companies. And that philosophy, thinking that hydrogen is the future, they bring that to whatever company they're going to yep. work at. These are the hydrogen ambassadors of the world. Actually, yeah. yeah, And maybe, like it's difficult to quantify, but maybe that's actually the best promo we're doing for hydrogen. By educating every year a batch of yep. 70 students uh, that hydrogen is the future. Yeah. Let's, let's hope for that hockey stick effect as well. Yeah, yeah let's absolutely. hope for that. As I mentioned in the introduction, probably after a couple of uh, uh, discussions, I need to tell you, guys, we can talk about this for hours because <laughs> it's a really cool project. You're really bright and, and really cool uh, people to talk to. Um, but, well, we, we try always to... Uh, to get this into the 45, 50 minutes because uh, it's a podcast at the end and we want to listen it while we drive home, uh, for example, or in the middle of the, uh, the night or the evening. Um, so we need to wrap up. Ron, thank you very much for uh, for the introduction, for the uh, for the contribution to this podcast. I am really looking forward to the race. Uh, probably you will be there. Uh, I don't know if it's an open race, but uh, uh, I'm inspired to go to it uh, at least. Uh, uh, and okay, that's uh, that's really great, um, Gabriel. Thank you very much as well. Uh, good luck with your studies, uh, and and well, seeing the first result, I am uh, uh, quite confident that will work out. Good luck with the handover. Say you're in the middle of it, and uh, uh, the recap operation of uh, departing the uh, the team um everybody at home at work in the car thank you for listening to the procon podcast um if you want to see this uh, look at the proconpodcast.com website where you can see us also there you can subscribe to uh, uh, apple spotify google etc if you want to listen or tune into this uh, uh, conversation uh, we as the procon podcast team are very uh, uh, enthusiastic about it Hopefully you are as well. And uh, we try to lead a, um, the Project Controls conversation. So hopefully until the next time. And if you have any tips or tricks, please don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you very much and uh, have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Procom podcast. To listen and watch more episodes, you can subscribe and access the resources mentioned in this episode by visiting proconpodcast.com. We look forward to seeing you on our next episode where we will continue to lead the Project Controls conversation. The Procon podcast and the associated resources is published under copyright to Primaned. All rights reserved, no reproduction of this content is permitted.